Why, hello, and welcome to Biblical Chile. If you'll be so kind as to come this way, I'll find you a place to take that load off. They're just about to start. If you've been here before, welcome back. If this is your first time, let me fill you in on a few details. See, around these parts, we speak openly about the questions that people have on their daily walk with Christ. Now, I'm not the devil's advocate, but I can see from that perspective. <laughs> we rely on the Bible for answers and direction, but this is not your regular Bible study. Looking to devour. We value your perspective, and we want you to join in the conversation. The fellas will tell you how you can do that once they get started. You must believe in something, or you'll fall for anything. Ah, well, looky here, an open seat right up front. Grab your Bible and your favorite drink. They're just about to start. Oh, there's the door. Listen, I'll check in on you later. I got to go. Order up. Why, hello again, everyone. I was told to give you a little public service announcement. Because of what's been going on around the world with this virus, the Chili Crew has opted to do some sort of live cast, they called it. They said all you have to do is look for them on a thing called Facebook. Facebook? Who wrote this? I don't even know what they're talking about. Just read it. Alright, alright. And then click on the Events tab. Every Thursday at 7pm they're gonna have a live cast. And they'll be able to ask questions to you. Uh, you can leave comments. You can even ask questions. Now remember, everybody, let's keep the conversation rolling. We love you, and we hope that you are all staying safe. We'll see you soon. And we're good. Facebook livecast. What are we going fishing? We're supposed to be practicing social distancing. Hey, welcome back to Biblical Chili, guys. Um... Let's go ahead and around the room and see who's sitting at the table. To my left is Justin. To my left, it's Sully. To my left is Wayne. And this is Tom. Let's go ahead and kick this off with a word of prayer. Wayne, why don't you lead us? Sure. Dear God, we are truly thankful to come before you. Thank you for the opportunity we have to discuss and have fun with your word. Please bless those at this table and those that aren't at this table and the people in the audience as well, because we care about them and we love them. In Jesus' name we pray these things. Amen. As long as uh, you don't do this while you're listening, uh, especially if you're driving down the road, raise your hand if you've heard the phrase, the devil made me do it. The question that I've uh, that we're going to lead this off with is, does the devil really get the credit that he deserves? You've, you've heard of uh, the consequences. You know, you've heard of consequences. If you do something good, you have good consequences. If you do something bad, you get the bad consequences. When things happen that are good, they automatically should be attributed to God, right? That's should, what they say. Should be. Should be. And 99% of all statistics are made up on the fly. But 90% <laughs> of the things that are done bad is why the devil, the made, devil me made me do, do it. it. <laughs> so my question, guys, is what does the Bible say on this? Now, scanning the scriptures and with the help of my my study partner, Google, it brought up Luke chapter 10. And we'll start here in verse 16. And I'm going to rely on Justin to... Uh, reverse this and explain kind of who these 72 are the the did you know guy but uh I'll, I'll read the scripture and i'll open this up for discussion uh where it says whoever listens to you listens to me whoever rejects you rejects me but whoever rejects me rejects him who sent me the 72 returned with joy and said lord even the demons submit to us in your name he replied I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I have given you the authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. However, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. 
So here it's saying that Jesus gave these the 72 the, the power over snakes, scorpions, and almost invulnerability. And that he saw the devil fall from the heaven like lightning. Now, uh, if Jesus is giving these people the power to overcome this, Justin, maybe you can enlighten us as to these 72 and to uh, what extent you think that the, the devil has in his power to o- overcome our thoughts and actions. What was that, Luke? Luke chapter 10. 17. Okay, so the 72, uh, during this time, uh, Jesus sent out, and many people may have, I don't know, I don't know how to put this, but Many people have this misunderstanding that Jesus was walking around with the 12 disciples all the time, and that's that's who followed him. But Scripture actually tells us just the opposite. Jesus actually had a cloud of people that were around him all the time, and he actually had people that were his followers all the time, and they were learning from him everywhere. They, they, they went everywhere with him, and the 72... Now, the 12 were part of the 72, understand that, but the 72 were the people that got, that Jesus uh, empowered. He actually prayed over them and everything, and he said, okay, I'm going give to you, give you power of the Holy Spirit, da, da, da. And, and they left, and they did amazing things, cast out demons, they uh, healed a lot of people, uh, they went out preaching. I mean, it was just, it was amazing stuff. They basically were given the ability of prophecy and healing, and just they went out to affect the world uh, during that time, the immediate areas and, and so forth. I believe they went out for, oh man, I wish I knew how long. I want to say it was, they went out for like 40 days, but I could be wrong on that one. 72. The 72, I believe the 72 went out for 40 days. I could be wrong though. No, it just says the 72 returned. That was a really cool, did you know, I, I, I like that. First uh, John chapter four. <clears throat> Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, starting in verse 1. But test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world, and this is how you can recognize the Spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God, but every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. Every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming and even now is already in the world. You, dear children, are from God and have overcome them, because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. They are from the world and therefore speak from the viewpoint of the world, and the world listens to them. We are from God, and whoever knows God listens to us, but whoever is not from God does not listen to us. This is how we recognize the spirit of truth and the spirit of falsehood. So what you're trying to get at is the fact that of, I kind of feel like you're talking about like the different ways of worship, other besides Christianity, other things like that, that the devil could be just hiding behind. So to lure and also entice people? Is that what you're going for? Yeah, um, this, this part here is talking about discernment. To discern what is uh, influencing your thoughts, what is influencing your beliefs. We've spoken in a past episode about how if you don't have the same value system, if you don't uh, walk the same path, then you, you're going to have a hard time understanding but yet, if you are believing that you're doing well, but you don't know how to discern, could you then be listening to the Antichrist or be, a spirit that is not of God? Be deceived, more or less. Yeah. Right. Okay. Well, I I believe absolutely you could be easily deceived. I mean, Scripture tells us that Satan has come to uh, he, he's a, Scripture calls him a thief. Uh, scripture calls him a murderer from the beginning. Uh, scripture also calls him the great deceiver. So when it comes to all these things, I, I think that the biggest tool that he uses is deceiving people in, and we brought this up uh, last episode, something about our heart, uh, the 
man's heart is desperately wicked and who can know it? You know, talking about the deceitfulness of our own heart. And I guarantee you Satan plays off that. Just think about that. I mean, I, I, I don't know. It's, it's hard what, what you're asking about because Scripture tells us a lot about Satan and a lot about the devil. I actually, hold on, I, I pulled up a, a little search here. Let me, let me just give you guys, okay. Only one time in Scripture it's referenced Lucifer. Lucifer Lucifer's name is referenced. And that's in Isaiah 14, 12. And then 56 times Satan is brought up. And then... 61 times the name devil is brought up. Now, I, I only say that because S Lucifer is brought up the name of, of Satan because he actually, we, we shouldn't call him Lucifer. That was his original angelic name. Actually, can I start off with something here? Like when it comes to Satan, because many people, they may not know who he is from, from an essence. So if, if I can give a little bit, bit of a backstory... Lucifer was actually in heaven with Jesus and with God before uh, this whole world was even established. They were in heaven with God. Okay, because he Scripture tells us that he fell from heaven, and he took uh, apparently a third of the angels with him. He deceived them. Uh, Lucifer, his his original name was Lucifer, which means light bearer, and he, in his own heart, became arrogant and became prideful and thought that he should have the praise, more or less, that God had. And so God was basically, in one day, basically, let me put it this way, Lucifer, before he came, became Satan, confronted God about, on this and basically started accusing God because now he's called the devil and he's called Satan, and he is called the accuser of the brethren. He accused God of being wrong, basically and being evil, and God is the one who should be blamed, and I am the one who should be lifted up, because I am powerful and beauty, and I am richful, and da, da, da. Mm -hmm. And so he was kicked out of heaven, because it, Scripture tells us that there was no place found for him. In other words, what he was engaging in was so foreign in heaven that God was like, I'm sorry, there's no place for you here. I have to cast you out. You, you don't fit in what heaven was designed for. And so he cast him out. And so, you know, obviously he's roaming around the universe. And lo and behold, let's fast forward a little bit. I don't know how long. Scripture doesn't tell us. Let's fast forward. God comes down and creates us. Poof, you know, six days creation, seventh day he rested. Boom, here we are. And then he goes in and, and deceives. Now he is actually called Satan. And that's why I said we got to be careful about not calling him Lucifer. Lucifer is actually his original angelic name, which means light bearer or bearer of the light. And then now his name is Satan, which means the adversary or the enemy. And so he deceived, there it goes again, deceived uh, Eve and Adam, for that matter, into eating the fruit. Originally, he talked to Eve and then Eve talked to Adam and they both ate the fruit, blah, blah, blah. And so they sinned. And then here we are today, you know, many, many descendants, all brothers and <laughs> sisters <laughs> of, in, in Adam and Eve's family of falling apart. And so in lieu of your original title, I guess, I think, because when it came to Adam and Eve, did you notice, and I'm not going to read the story, I'm just going to give you the brief synopsis here. When God came to Adam and Eve and said, okay, what happened? Adam goes, well, God, the woman you gave me. <laughs> <laughs> and then Eve goes, well, the snake you made. Right, because he asks he asks Adam what happened. He asks Eve what happened, and then when he goes to Satan, which was he was in the snake, you know that's 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 what he was represented as. And so God goes to the snake, and he actually does not ask the snake. He knows the snake already knows. He he, he yeah <laughs> you you yeah you know you know what you just did. And then he said, cursed above all creatures, you're gonna crawl in the you know eat the dust and and then that little prophecy about Jesus later on about uh, there will be a, a seed of the woman that will that will uh, crush your head, basically, and you will bruise his heel. But my point is, is that even from the beginning of this creation here, us, he was the great deceiver. And I think he at least deserves a little bit of the credit, if I could say credit, blame of where we are today. You know, where we've established today in, in as far as the fall is concerned. 
posted this question out on our Facebook page. We already have a uh, response from Pastor Ron Janice. Wow, I would ruin your last name. Don't sir. don't do it. Pa- Pastor Ron, <laughs> we'll call you Pastor Ron. Pastor Ron says the devil gets too much credit. We blame him for every bad thing. To him, that's glory. You know, th- it's like the, the the kid that does bad things just to get attention. You know, to him, that's glory. In reality, we need to realize that not all bad things happen because of the devil. We forget he is not the opposite of God. He's just a fallen angel. I, I like that. I really like that. I think that was perfect. Well, I can go along with that also. And if from my studies of the Bible, some of the bad things that actually happened in the Bible was not from Satan. It, Noah's flood. That wasn't Satan. Right. The uh, brimstone and fire wasn't Satan. The And all that other little fun little ones. That isn't Satan at all. It's just man turning on man and going from there. But I, I would also say, uh, in lieu of both of those, which you're give, he's giving the example of the flood, which was a worldwide destruction. And then I think, are you talking about Sodom and Gomorrah? I'm pretty sure yep. it is, yeah. Okay, so Sodom and Gomorrah, when Sod- basically what ended up happening was sulfur fell from the sky, lit on fire, and literally baked all five cities to ash. Yes. There were actually five cities, not just Sodom and Gomorrah. Sodom and Gomorrah were like the, the main two cities. But the thing is, with both of those examples, and I, those are good examples, both of them have to do with the result of what Satan has done. And let me rephrase it. What we have allowed Satan to do in our own lives. Cause and and effects. Right. Influence. Oh, there we go. So do this. Don't, don't think that we're like, going, yay, Lucifer, yay. You know, we're not in, in his corner. We're, I'm out here to call a, a spade a spade. You know? <laughs> you know? But, uh, a spade is a shovel. Yeah. Spade is a shovel. Put yourself in 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 those shoes. You're you're cast down here with people that that followed you. All right. So now you got a lot of people that are looking to you for answers because well they followed you down here. So now what are we gonna do? All right. How bored would you be? Okay. So. Okay. So you're saying put put myself in in Satan's shoes, and then. Okay, so number one, I would say he has just done something that has never been done in history, which was turn on God. And then number two, he had done something that had never been done in history, which is gain his own personal following. Right. Okay, so... so Now he's down here on a world that the person that he just rebelled against created. And he's bored because there's nothing here yet. And then all these other creatures that have been made before man, they don't they don't have the reasoning. So like he can't even play with them. They're just there. You know, okay, I can make this lion go over here and do this, but what's fun what, what's the fun in that? <laughs> so now he's bored. He wants to influence more. He's got that little taste. And now here comes Eve. You know, so let's see what kind of fun we can have. Now I'm not the devil's advocate, but I can see from that perspective. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I was wondering when that was going to come out this episode. <laughs> I don't want to play the devil's advocate. <laughs> Go ahead, Wayne. You had something? No, I was just going to say, I'm, when he was tossed out, here's a question I'm throwing out. When he was tossed out of heaven, did he already know what his ending would be? Was he already told? I don't think he did. Like, I don't think he fully understood the ramifications, like the full ramifications of what he was doing. Mm-hmm. Because think about it, in, in the same instance that, that Tom was talking about, putting him, put yourself in his shoes. This is, and we don't, we don't know how long he was, like, we actually don't know when the angels were created. We don't. They could have been with God in heaven for a thousand years, a million years. We don't know. So, but what we do know is that they were with God in heaven. So how long were they there? And they've never seen this happen before. Let me ask you another question. Let me answer this question with a question. 
how could he know the ramifications of this, and I'm going to call it this experiment called sin. Now, this, my, my three favorite words, and just because they're fun to say, you know, much like in Lion King, or like, Mufasa, Mufasa, Mufasa. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, the, the words to describe God is omnipotent, om- omniscient, and omnipresent. Omni what? Omnipotent. Um, omnipotent. Uh, omnipotent. Okay, you guys are using like $5 words. Explain. Yeah. All seeing, all knowing, and everywhere at the same time. Well, uh, omnipotent is omnipotent, which means all powerful. So mm-hmm. you, were right. you were right. Good. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Omnipotent. <laughs> So, no, that's breaking the down, breaking the word down. It's actually omnipotent, but because <laughs> because we're Americans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> so I look at it as like the the kids when they turn thirteen, and all of a sudden they know more than the parents do. They think. They think. They think. You know, and then when they're held accountable for their actions, they go, "Whoops." Uh-oh. Right. So now we're we're talking about the original the original sin here, the 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 turning away from God for the first time. The 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 choice because Satan was just like, "Oh, you have the ability to reason. Let's test that reason, shall we?" I'm going to I'm going to read the verse that has to do with his fall. And maybe maybe we this can glean some light on this on the topic here. Uh this is Revelation 12:9. And there's a couple verses, a couple verses here. Now, mind you, I, I'll give you a, a quick disclaimer about Revelation. Reve- Revelation is just drenched in signs and symbols. Okay, so when we read anything in Revelation, we really have to make sure we know what the symbol means, because even the first chapter says that this book was written in signs and symbols. It was to protect the book. It was to so so it'll make it down through time. But so the so I'm reading uh, twelve uh, Revelation twelve nine. So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was cast to the earth and, and his angels were cast out with him. And then it said in verse 10, it talks about, then I heard a loud voice in the heaven. Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of God and the power of his Christ have come for the accuser of the brethren, talking about Satan, who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. Verse 11, And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives until their death. Verse 12, Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. But woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea. For the devil has come down to you, having great wrath, because he knows his time is short. So apparently he knew something about what was going on, but I don't think he would have understood the whole ramification. Now, I have a question for you after you read that, and it's the first time I've heard that. Now, going back to your little thing where it says all-knowing, all-powerful, and all-seeing. Now, did God actually foresee this and actually put this in front of us? No question. I know that he knew. Well, maybe I would ask clarification. Like, did he know that Lucifer would fall? Is that your question? I'm thinking that actually all the above. Because if you think about it, he's going to fall. He's going to influence. He's going to deceive. He's going to actually allow, let's say, other people to influence more and make it as social media media or other religions and actually let's say engulp the actual earth he actually seen this due to the fact that we have the willpower and everything else now i mean that's that's a lot of credit right there to kind of stray away from trying to define further the the character of god but i I like how you brought up willpower but we have free will oh Free, free will. Now, we all do have willpower, but God, God gave us this free will to choose. And it's like that, that warm and fuzzy feeling that you get when you know that you're loved. 
you know, he, he has all these angels that adore him all the time, but they didn't, didn't really choose him. You know, are, are you talking about Lucifer or God? God. God has his angels. But he, he created man to have relationship with, walk, and to choose to love him. He could have ruled with an iron fist and said, all right, now you're going to be here and you're going to serve only me. But he gave us free will to choose. Yes, but would not the experiment of sin that Satan partook in prove that angels also have the same exact free will that we have? Sin would not be possible without free will, and who was the first one to engage in sin? It was Lucifer. At the time, he was Lucifer. He didn't, I'm, I'm sure he didn't understand it. But I, I think that the, because Scripture tells us actually that the angels are a little above us. Now, I don't know what that means. Script, scripture also says that the angels are spirits, ministering spirits, actually. And I don't, I don't know what that means. We don't really know what those type of things are. But because, I mean, we live in a physical being or physical world. But when it comes to that, they would have had to have had similar or the same free will. Yes. Because otherwise, sin would have not been possible. And incidentally, uh, I, I know we're kind of veering a little bit off the topic, but incidentally, I think the biggest wonder of, of who God is and, and this whole experiment and this whole Satan thing, the wonder is, is that God, is that, let me phrase that, is that sin is possible. Do you realize how crazy that sounds? Because God created something, namely us, namely the angels, that could turn on him, that had that ability to turn on him. I think he's he's given the credit, but I think when when you when you came up earlier, and, and I'm sorry, when that pastor brought something else, something else came to my mind, is that it's interesting that Lucifer wants. The scripture tells us that uh, uh, other verses. I see if I can find it later. It talks about how he wants worship. He wants the position of God, more or less. He wants to be the one. Scripture actually says, uh, I will ascend uh, uh, above the throne of the heights of God. I, I will be on the mount of the congregation. I will be the, mo I will be the most high, or I will be like the most high. He wants to be God. That is his desire. He does deserve some of the, I mean, if I could say blame, but in the same respect, Pastor Ron, I think he, Hit it, hit the nail on the head there too. Is is because he may deserve some of the blame, but I this is my personal opinion. But there's no way for us to know this until Christ comes. If Satan and every single one of his angels took a vacation right now, it, it, and this is my opinion, I don't think much of the world would be any different because I think we even humanity has fallen far enough that. The desires of our hearts are wicked enough. I think Satan has probably a pretty easy time of <laughs> tempting us and pushing us around. So then, what powers does he have down here? Well, scripture scripture says that he deceives the whole nations, and I just I just read that he deceives the whole world. So obviously, I would say one of his powers would be deception. But what if his greatest trick was not actually being there? And it was just all our faults. That is actually one of the questions I've actually came across, I think, not too long ago. Somebody actually brought that up to me. What if he did not exist? You'd think that the devil would be the last one to let you know he exists. Right. He doesn't. You know that. You know the image that everybody has of the devil. When I say the word devil, what picture do you get in your head? You get a little short red guy with, you know, little claws, a pokey tail, a pitchfork with horns on his head, right? But the fact is, is that scripture tells us otherwise. He's actually very beautiful. But my point is, is that it, what, like with what you're saying about, you know, the devil will, will, you know, existing or not or something like that. I think he is the one who's, who has painted the picture of who he is all over the world. And that that's in you know, part of his power. What kind of power does he have in this world? Well, that's deception. That would be the ultimate deception is imagine being a thief, being able to steal anything anywhere, but leaving no trace and no evidence of your existence 
And in fact, to believe that this thief was real would be absolute folly. That's brilliant. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. It's like, so, and then, like, I know we're getting way off topic right now, but still, again, I really do not feel the fact that he actually needs as much credit as it's due. Um, there's songs about the devil and everything else doing worship and I actually heard this one. I'm not going to name names just because, but it's talking about, I want to, I don't want to dance with the devil. I just want to sit at the table in front of him and tell him he did not earn anything that I've done. And it makes sense to me. It's just like, okay, yeah, I walked this line. I made my choices. I committed them. So, but you have no power here. Just, I don't don't watch you here for well what other what other powers would he have i know that there is there is something in scripture that says that god knows our thoughts but i know satan doesn't i cannot find it though for the life of me right now like he actually cannot read our mind as far as i'm aware but i do not have the the verse the verse on that i know that god god knows the 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 our thoughts and so forth, but Satan does not. I know that um, in Job, it talks a lot about conversation back and forth between God and and the devil, and uh, it, it shows through that book that he actually had to be given permission. So you're talking about his authority. Right. What What, what power, what authority does he have over us if... It showed in the Bible that he kind of has to be let off the leash. That he he can't really he can't really directly influence us without being given the authority to do so. Well, if we look at okay, if we look at the example of the we did we did a drama, and I can't believe I can't believe the the, the demon guy. What was, what was Legion. that? I the Legion. Yeah, Legion. I am Legion. Legion. Which, by the way, you guys listened to that episode. It was a lot of fun. It was our first drama we did. It was all the way back last uh, Halloween 2019. We did, we did a, a drama on that. When we read that account of the... It was actually a couple of guys, but we only, we only took the story by, by one. And they were... It's said that they hung out by the tombs. And so you're, you're asking... Or you're saying his authority. What, what kind of authority does he have... Satan had to come to God to touch Job because Job had a hedge of protection because Job was a follower of God. But I would question whether or not those who do not follow God, if permission needs to be given because they have already surrendered their, uh, they've already given their authority over to you know, we either give our authority, our own authority, our power, our, uh, yeah, will over to one or the other. You know, one or the other, we're given our will. Every choice we make, thousands of choices every hour we make, okay? Where are we putting it? And it, it would seem as though, because uh, Scripture says that Job was an upright man who eschewed evil. He hated evil, right? He ran from it, which means that God, he gave God that permission, that will of his, and so God influenced his life, and he did not allow Satan in. But what about those who have already allowed Satan in? What about things like possession, you know, demonic possessions? Now, I don't have any biblical references because this, I wasn't prepared for this, <laughs> this, this question. But yes, I threw him off. I would believe that this goes to, you know, hand in hand with what you believe like if you completely believe that if uh you're trying to be good if you are being a good person all right and you believe that you are living the right life following your heart that this demon possession if you are like it said here in john um first john the the passage i just read about recognizing um, the spirit of falsehood. So where you're opening your heart up to what you think is a good thing, 
you know, you're opening it up with the proper intentions only to allow the bad things in unknowingly. Let me just read something real quick here. This is something that I've always thought about. All, we, we were taught this as kids. Be self, it's first, first Peter 5, 8. Be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. That's, I mean, that is also a visual that I as a child and as an adult have always been on alert for. And one of the things that we haven't talked about yet, but we've talked about it before, we have to have that gift of discernment. We have to be able to recognize these things. And, and we have to rely on the Holy Spirit, and we do, because the Holy Spirit's always with us, correct? Yep. He, he prompts, he prods, he opens our eyes. If you're willing to listen, uh, you're going to recognize these things. And I believe this with all my heart, that this, this Satan, who I don't spend a lot of time talking about, I don't need to. I just have to watch out for the tools that he uses to bring us down. Because there are a lot of tools that he uses. So you recognize his work. Correct. <laughs> that is right. I recognize that work. I know who that's from. <laughs> I know that signature. Yes, I know where they're coming from. Yeah. So these are the things that I've been I've just been kind of sitting here listening to you guys. And you're doing an excellent job. But this is what popped into my head. This is my biggest concern in life as I walk as a Christian. Being able to discern whether this guy this adversary is attacking and you know he is does he sometimes just sit back and watch us make our own mistakes and then take credit i think he does i think he does i think all of the above a b c d f all of the above we have to be on guard we have to be alert to all of these things and do i think he knew what the end of the book was i think he does I think that was a chat they had. I, I think by now he definitely knows. What's yeah. Going well, on. I mean, he and guess what? He wants to take as many with him as he possibly can. So if you think he's not raging through the world right now, he whispers in ears. He is someone who influences. We have to be on guard. Always be on guard. Be vigilant. That's right. Throw up a shield, brothers. <laughs> <laughs> Getting back to what you guys were saying, just to, I feel the best way to sum up what you guys are saying. For those who do not believe in anything, well, I mean, you must believe in something or you'll fall for anything. Yeah, you, you have to stand. Um, you, you have to stand for something. That's an awesome country song too. I, 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 I'm fighting the urge to to break out into song. Is right it now. a is it a country song? It is. It's, I believe Randy Travis sings it. Listen, just one more thing that I have to throw in on this. I'm always talking about the kids and the grandkids, and somebody said something about a protective hedge, which was around Job. Correct? Yeah. Job yes. had a protective hedge. These are the prayers that we need to use as well. We need to pray over our families our loved ones, a protective hedge because it's a real thing. It is a real thing. They are under attack every day. There's an attack. So that should be our prayer for those loved ones that we have. And in sitting here in this ministry, we need a protective hedge against evil. We, those should be our thoughts, always on alert. Looking to devour. Growing up, there was the, um, the, the saying I've heard, uh, Idle hands are the devil's playthings. I, I can get behind the, the the whispers, you know, the influences and stuff like that. Because if we're on guard all the time, ingesting this book page by page, understanding God's word, filling our hearts and our minds with the appropriate things, then he'll have no room. It's when you let your guard down where we get comfortable. Complace, where you're like complacent. Yeah, complacent. Yeah. Where you're like, oh, this is it's in the bag. I got this. And he'll find those little cracks, those little crevices. And I don't even say I don't even like to say he because he might like 
you know, throw a ping pong ball at it and it'll crack. And then your own heart's wants and desires and stuff will do the rest for him. He just needs to push that little, the little ping pong ball to start that little crack to weaken the defenses. And once the foundation is weak, the rest of the house will collapse. And then your heart is exposed. And I, I'd like to say that because we believe in, in Christ that we're untouchable to this. But then I would just be deceiving myself. Job chose God every time. And I've, I've given this example before about this is, and I've done this at, at church before too. And actually some, some people have brought this up at church before too. Whenever you feel that temptation, uh, Wayne, you were talking about recognizing it, discernment. When you feel that temptation coming on and, and many of us, you start getting used to it where, okay, I know that this is the bad path. Like you, you know it. And the thing is, is when I, get that temptation, a lot of times, if I'm recognizing it, again, discernment, I will actually say, Jesus, answer the door. And I mean that. I will say those exact words, like the door of your heart phrase, Jesus, answer the door. And 99.99995% of the time, it that temptation goes, boom, gone. Because there's something interesting about scripture, is scripture tells us that if we resist the devil, it doesn't say we have to fight him. It doesn't say we got to beat him up. It doesn't say we got to conquer him. Mm-hmm. It's as if we so much as resist the devil, he will flee. Mm-hmm. And the only way to resist him, there, 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 there's two sides of this argument. There is just a black and a white. There's very little gray in the spiritual realm. You are either on, and Jesus said this flat out. He said, if you are not on our, if you are not on our side, you're on the devil's side. Okay, if you're not with me, you are against me. There is no middle ground on this. There, there is no gray area, as, as I, I like to put it. And that's rough to say, but there's no gray area when it comes to this. The easiest way is when that temptation comes, when that thought comes, simple, if, if it has to be something as simple as, Jesus, answer the door, and you can go about your business. Because it doesn't matter. He's, he'll answer the door and say, uh, I'm sorry, the wrong house. And shut the door on his face. <laughs> no telemarketers. We don't want the cookies. <laughs> no cookies, please. I like to think, you know, after the rapture. I like to, to picture those times where, you know, you're going up before the judgment sheet, judgment sheet, the judgment seat, and God flips on that really big screen television and starts going through all the bad choices that you've made, especially after, you know, you're one of his own. This is your life. <clears throat> and, you know, I, I, I know I'm going to hear this phrase more than I want to already from Matthew chapter 15, where he says, are you still so dull? <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I'm sorry. I envision like a, a hand coming out of nowhere and going, Tush! In the back of the head. In the back of the head. The the gib slap. (laughs) And I think this is a fun topic. Do we have anything else to add to? I mean, we went went all over the place because we didn't just talk about does the devil deserve credit or or when anything. Because I I believe in, in my summary, I think he does. But I think you guys are right in saying that that... Giving him that credit is almost, and I don't want to say that's like worshiping him. I'm like, I'm just saying he wants that. Yes, I have done this. You know, I, I am, I have done this type of thing when it comes to that. Let, let, can I cap off with, with a question, unless you guys have something else? Should we have sympathy toward those fallen angels? I could see the fact that, let's say, Satan used his powers of deception, used their free will against them to actually not see the full picture and go, hey, why not? Let's just go about peer pressure. I mean, this guy's supposed to be the light. Why can't I follow the light? And, you know. So you're saying that maybe there should be sympathy for Lucifer and the fallen angels? Possibly? I wouldn't necessarily again it's the free will you because we really don't like okay let's go to real right now and 
let's say a center on the street, they just fall completely just down. Yeah, we're going to help them and we're going to try to make sure the fact that they go on the same path. But we really can't just sit there and continue to help these people if they're going to continue to go about their ways. It's not like we're going to be like, we can't save them all, unfortunately. Now, they, I think a crime, all right? Now, if you are the getaway driver, if you are the one just doing what you were told, following your leader that you chose, you'll still be found guilty as an accessory to that, even if you didn't do anything, you knew about it. They all had the same free will. They could have said no. Now, we're sent here, and Jesus tells us to um, feed a sheep, to minister to our peers. They're beyond our control. I can't say that I feel sympathy for them because they were in paradise. Like, like what more could they have <laughs> wanted? <laughs> you know? What are you thinking? Right. You know, and, and um, the Bible tells us, um, well, Jesus told Peter, or I think it was Peter, how many times do we forgive somebody? And he's like, seven times? And he says, no, 70 times, seven times, where you have to just keep offering that that uh, olive branch. Just keep on. Keep, you know, if, Even if it gets snapped off, get another one. You just got to keep up. Turn the other cheek, then turn the other cheek, then turn the other cheek. Sympathy? No. I, I mean, I can understand why they're down here. And they're all probably right there with Lucifer because was he of a higher angel angelic uh, order or were they all just peers? Like, hey, Scri- buddy, let's go. Scripture tells us that uh, Lucifer, when, when he was Lucifer, he was actually the more or less, if, if I can say, he, he, was, he was right up there with like Gabriel. He, he was like one of the top angels. So he was a like, higher. Just real quick. I, there's no sympathy from me. Because it's, it's like getting into a ring with this new heavyweight champion that we just crowned last weekend. I, it's, forgive the sports example or picture. You've got this 273-pound evil thing. Not that he's evil. But in this case, in my story, he is. And he's trying to bash your face in. He's trying to bring you down. He's trying to destroy you. There's no sympathy for an opponent like that. Okay. None. Because they're relentless, relentless, roaming, trying to seek out and devour. We need to be on guard. Right. Okay. On guard, just simple as that. I, I mean, they had their choice. Tom said it. They chose. They lived in paradise, and they chose. <laughs> they wanted to just a little thing in the back of his head thought he could be God, C- could be better than God. It's, it's not possible. And I'm sure there was a woodshed that he was taken to. This is this is just my thoughts. I'm painting a picture. I mean, I think of a father and a son. <laughs> it couldn't have been good. The whole thing couldn't have been good. I think that's perfect because I, I, I believe, I, I can't remember where I read it, but more or less that it, I'm certain that God did not just allow this to grow in Satan without saying anything. When he was Lucifer, I guarantee you, Jesus himself would have came to him, put his arm around him and said, listen, the path you're headed down, it's not going to bode well for you or the others that you're going to pull down with you. So, but no, that was just my question. I know, I know I was, you know, kind of playing off you guys a little bit, but I don't know. It's, it's a hard thing for me to, to think about when it comes to having sympathy. And I don't mean sympathy as in you feel sorry for him in the sense that you, you wish that he could get out of it. Cause I guarantee you he's gone to so far now. I mean, think about it. I, I guarantee his fate and those angels who did not repent up to the point of killing the son of God. And I think that right there was the seal Amen. for all of them. Amen. Because I, I, I'm just saying, I, that was the moment. Because, I mean, how are you going to come back from that? Willingly going into that like that. So, And when I ask that, I don't mean feel sorry for him in, in the sense of before, before he even knew what was going on. I mean, right now, he's gone so far. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just, I mean, I, my personal opinion, I, I feel sorry for him in the sense that I feel sorry for all of those who are lost, who just don't care anymore. 
and who are just saying, you know what, I'm, I'm going to be the devil's plaything, and I'm going to have fun, and I'm going to go down with the ship. So now I'm going to um, pose this question to you guys, um, the, the listeners. Do you think the, the devil gets the credit that he's deserved? Does he not get enough? Does he get too much? And I also want to press you with a little self-analysis here. That if you were to, to, to die today, where would you end up? Do you need to spend more time um, reading the Bible and praying getting yourself straight or do you want to reach out um, if you don't even know where to start I'd like to um, suppose that if you're listening to us then you're already trying to walk down those paths and if you don't know Christ and you don't have that relationship and you want to walk with a healthy relationship reach out to us we'll, we'll, we'll send you that Romans road we will uh, walk that line with you uh, just know that we're praying for you, and we hope that, that everyone that's listening to us will come to a closer relationship with God so that the devil will not have as much power over your thoughts and your heart. And with that being said, guys, this has been Tom. This is Justin. This is Sully. This is Wayne. And uh, thanks again so much for listening, and we'll talk to you again next week. Hello again. I hope you had a great time. Feel free to reach out to that chili crew on the interwebs. You can reach them at that book of faces. Also a twittering bird. And you can also send an electronic mail at biblicalchili at gmail.com. Thanks for joining us. And we hope to see you soon.